Hey everyone, welcome back to the next episode of Cafe Confessions. As always, I'm your host, Bree. I'm Shalika. What's up, Bree? How are you this morning? I'm actually doing really, really well. I did not go to bed until about 2.30 a.m. because I know. <laughs> that's that's late for you. <laughs> I it was I got caught up in um a, I love cult documentaries, anything that has to do oh, with like God. cult hive <laughs> mindsets. So there's this new documentary on Hulu called um The Deep End. And yes, girl, it is about this woman named Till Swan. And she is a fucking narcissistic, suicidal, um, promoting spiritualist. Yes, I know. It's it's interesting. Um, she is just a complete madman. And I'm obsessed with this because I love watching. It's, it's, a, it's a psychology for me. Like people who get into these cults, like where's your mind at? Mm-hmm. Like how like and i feel like the cult leaders always just like see these cracks in their thought mm-hmm. processes and they capitalize on it you know mm-hmm. and i just love watch i don't love the cults obviously but i love watching that cuz i'm like i know what to look for i know what not to do what not to be cuz like it's very easy to fall into a space of i'm a spiritual guru you know mm-hmm. and then taking advantage of people's vulnerability um and it happens often so I'm I'm really interested in the show. It's the worst shit I've ever seen. I mean, when you just said that, like taking advantage of people's vulnerability, I immediately started thinking about the sex work episode. Like, mm-hmm. in a way, could you see that as a cult? Because hell yeah, how do these men and women who are madams get into your mind, trick you into going out there and selling some ass, and then giving all your money to them? Yes, same freaking concept, same mm-hmm. thing. They just find this need for their self in your life. And mm-hmm. they say, oh, in order for you to get here, 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 and here, let's talk about like Scientology, for example. In order for you to progress, you need to de- donate so much money and do so many acts and p- basically be a slave to our system to grow in the ranks. And it's like, mm. the, the more you grow, the more you're learning, like, I still have more to grow. So I'm still going to give, 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 and they'll drain you dry. Mm. And like, that's the literally the same pyramid, that pimp pyramid of finding a need in someone's life for you to capitalize on them for making them dependent on you, then turning that dependency into like, but this is really what you want, that self-actualization factor. And the whole time you're just blood sucking. Mm. And yeah, cult, cult, I don't know if anyone else is interested in cults. I think I just love studying them. Um, but this one right here, this deep end, I've seen many cult documentaries. I've even seen some insane christianity cult ones too but this is on another level and it gives me like weary vibes because being in the spiritual community it is so easy to be manipulated and Mm -hmm. people always think like spirituality is love and light and everyone's all positive and like hippie shit but like there's some real predators out here and you got to be on your toes it's not all shiny rainbows i mean you said that you said that in the hotep episode too like is this shit a cult Hell yeah! Yeah, (laughs) it's like it's like it's such a fine line. Sometimes when you walk around, you know, people in spiritual community, you're like, I don't know, man, this Mm -hmm. is borderline culty, you Mm -hmm. know. And I just whatever. So anyway, watch the deep end on Hulu if you want a good ass docu series on a crazy white woman who's causing um, 
chaos amongst people. <laughs> that is what you're looking for. I mean, what if I you? wanted that, I could just go to the South and just <laughs> pick one out. <laughs> Karen's everywhere. Um, but <laughs> I probably will check it out. Actually, it, it seemed very interesting. Um, Jay and I, we were watching a movie last night and then I saw some something that popped up. I think it was like on Instagram or something. And this 28-year-old, I don't know what he did to this woman, but basically he murdered her. I don't know how he got her up out of her house, but it was a, he murdered this 24-year-old girl. And we were actually talking about it. It's like, what in your mind switches? Like, oh, yeah. what brings you to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, is it possession? Because who in their right, I, I don't know, like who in their right mind just makes that conscious effort to kill someone and then try and hide their body. And you're tw- and the thing that blew my mind is that this person is 28 years old, bro. Your life is over. Like you ain't ever getting out of jail. Like they about to put you up under the jail. Do you know the name of the case? Um, It was, he had a African name and I don't want to mispronounce it, but it was... Let me see. I could was this a now. case over in Europe? No, it was in the States. Oh, okay. I think yeah, it was. No. I don't know, actually. I don't want to lie to you. Yeah, send me that because I'm glad you mentioned it. I love true crime too. I don't like to tell people about it because they think I'm weird. But that's the same psychology. Like, what makes you kill? Like, mm-hmm. what are you like? Uh, for example, Jeffrey Dahmer, he was, I have listened to many, many, many cases like, Ted Bundy down to like John Wayne Gacy to new current cases where there there's been some other people that I'm like, how did you, how did you even land here? Like you have to be from like Mars or something. (laughs) Um, Seriously. Like for example, the, the craziest case, I forget his name, but this guy out in Canada, he would fly all over the world just for the purpose of going to random States or countries and killing people. And Mm. like, he had no, like most serial killers have a profile. Right. And they're like, oh, I like women, blonde hair, you know, hippie, whatever. Um, He had no profile. He would kill any and everyone. It just Mm. the opportunity had to present itself. And he would do things like he would do. He's killed so many people. They can't even find all the bodies. And he he refuses to admit to them how they found out that this man was like a murderer. He went and killed someone, left him in the shed in the back of his house for a couple of days, then took photos of her body with her eyes taped open, sent it over to her parents and said, I have your daughter here for ransom. I need money. By the way, she was dead in the photo. They had no idea. And he got the money and ran off. And like, Mm. (laughs) Mm. it's not funny, but it's like, where is your mind? Mm -hmm. Like, it's literally psychosis. And I had to stop listening to a true crime podcast. I listened to like, true crime podcast for like eight months and i was like this is too much for me it's too dark i need a break and i haven't gone back and it's been about three months i still think about it. i still have withdrawals but for my mental health i cannot because that type of shit will have you looking over your shoulder at every fucking corner like yeah i would just not if i listened to it the amount of times that you did like if i like really took an interest in this i couldn't handle it like i can take bits and pieces but I could not be full on like you are because I'm already scary mm-hmm. and I don't want to be out here like 
no, I don't want you to help me. Don't open my door, you murderer. You know, like I, right. I, uh, man, yeah, it's scary. It's very scary. It, it, you don't it, know. It is. It is. I literally walk out my house every morning when I go to work because I leave at like four thirty, five o'clock. And I'm always like on guard, like it's today the day that I might have to Don't say fight that. for my life, <laughs> you know, like it's honestly, I, you do look over your shoulder, especially when I'm like a woman outside 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and it's still dark outside. And I live in the city where we have like a high rate of homeless people. Mm-hmm. And I've told you homeless people have broken into our buildings and I'll walk out my door. They're sleeping on my doorstep. Just craziness yeah so i'm always just extremely vigilant and i don't know if it's partly because i'm a woman or because i've dedicated um a nice portion of my life listening to these fucked up ass stories (laughs) i don't know (laughs) um i think it's a good mix but yeah so on the other hand with me i was just watching a movie yesterday so i was actually very proud of myself because i stayed up i stayed up we watched two movies and i stayed up um and that was pretty much my night. It was very relaxed. I finished up some work. Um, I'm, I know we've talked about this before. I'm really trying to, I don't know what's happened in the last couple months. Actually, I do. The work has increased. So I have been working later and they have been getting some of my personal time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm working on it. And, and Jay called me out yesterday. He's like, I know you're not still working. And I said, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's like that sometimes. I'm sorry. It is. It is. But um, I I had the mindset to get up this morning and work. And I was like, nah, fuck that. It's going to wait till Monday. You ain't getting my mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, that's what that, that's that been my day. That was I feel very rested. Um, okay. Typically, when we get up on here, I'm like, okay, wake up. Okay, get this, <laughs> with this coffee coming to your veins. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. But um, I'm actually up and I'm ready to get the day started. I'm going to go to a baby's birthday, first birthday. And, you know, that's really for the adults. So, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Is there alcohol there? Yes, ma'am. They have a bartender. Oh, yeah. Of course. (laughs) Uh, They don't remember shit. That's not for nobody but the the adults. Yeah. Happy birthday, little one. Uh, Let me get that drink. Yeah, that's exactly. (laughs) So uh, that's going to be my day today. But um, what are you drinking? I'm actually, just like you, I'm very tired. Um, mm-hmm. I feel good, though. But I'm drinking jasmine flower tea with a little bit of green tea in there for energy. Mm-hmm. So, and some um, agave nectar. And mm-hmm. it is really good. I've really been into jasmine flower tea. It's my favorite tea right now. So that's what I'm on. What are you on? Um, I'm on some Starbucks <laughs> uh, French vanilla creamer provided by Kroger. Um, yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> That's you really what need I'm that drinking. coffee. I really need that coffee. And you know, we've had this conversation. Like, I have never, ever, ever been a coffee drinker. Never. Mm-hmm. And my body's like, girl, what are you doing? Like, are you just putting this on for show? No, I'm actually taking a liking to coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, iced coffee. It will always be iced coffee. Um, but I am doing my best to, I don't know, get my body used to it. I definitely don't want to have a caffeine addiction. Oh, please. Um, And Mm. I know that you're going to make me a special blend. So until then, I'm going to be drinking (laughs) this. (laughs) I will be making you a special blend. (laughs) Until this creamer runs out, that's what we have. Um, But yeah, that's it. That's, that's, That's what I'm drinking on. 
Hey, look, I miss coffee. Um, I've been back in the gym working out. Mm-hmm. So I've been drinking pre-workout um, every day because we work out at like, when I don't go in the office, we're up at four and running by 4.15. And then I got to clock in and go to work. So I do my pre-workout, but I'm like, I'm about to load up on pre-workout and then go get a coffee. So I'm just... Girl, no. No. <laughs> right. That sounds yeah. crazy. So I have not had coffee. I had coffee like once this week and Ooh. twice, twice, twice. Seven days, only two times. I used to drink coffee every single day. Um, Black. This is a bit... Espresso. Give it to me straight. If I'm not putting <laughs> I don't want it, you know? But... Yeah, so I'm I am happy that you're enjoying coffee because enjoy it for me and you. I sure um, will. I'm happy that you're enjoying the gym. Baby. Ooh, girl. girl. Oh, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I've really been feeling Usher lately. Oh. Okay. 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 So I was on this little Usher kick last month, going through all of confessions. And let me tell you, seduction don't get enough praise. Oh, God. Seduction does not get enough praise. That man was putting it down. Yes. He was fucking me in my ear. <laughs> Literally. Am I wrong? No. Okay, I listened to the confessions last week. I'm so glad you brought this up. First of all, Usher's fucking unhinged. He mm-hmm. needed medication um, back in 2004, whenever that album dropped. Homie was on another level and no one held this man accountable because why the hell do you have somebody in there talking about, I just want to touch it. Mm. Uh, (laughs) You know, I got to go right now. Uh, Let me get that. Let me just touch it. Come on, put the tip. What the fuck was going through this man's mind? I always want to just like see how that whole process goes. Like when you have someone coming in the studio pretending that they're having sex with you or that they're sending you a dirty, you know, dirty call. Like, is it awkward? Because I would be fucking awkward. (laughs) It literally has. At the end of this episode, we are going to play the part that we're talking about because how was that not awkward? And then. Bro, you had a studio album dedicated to you cheating on Chili, but in the same breath. No, no, no. Apparently, this was JD's story. What? Yes. To Jackson? Jackson? Yes. And that fucking ruined it. No, no. I cannot imagine someone say, yeah, touch it. Ooh, to JD. Ugh. Ugh. Fucking no. Hell no. So, of course, he couldn't sing it himself. So, I, uh, yes, that ruined it for me. I would much much rather it be him cheating on chili because i could not imagine like okay yes. yeah now i'm really kind of disturbed and that album is now for <laughs> you should have kept that to yourself I'm there's sorry. certain things because i I'm, i might get dragged i might get dragged but i'm gonna say it i don't think janet jackson is attractive i'm not physically attracted to janet jackson i feel bad saying that because mm. she's a sex icon um it's just something is it facially? Know. Because I feel like... It's facially. <laughs> okay, what? You agree? Tell me. Is it the nose? <laughs> Not you pointing out the specifics. <laughs> I would just say that you know how people have this confidence and they can just really master the art of sexy? She can do that. And I think she also brought something new. Like, well... Honestly, I wasn't in that era, so I can't tell you. But the songs that she has, 
I don't think people were that straightforward. Like, yes, they were talking about sex, but like not as straight to the point. And even she has a song where she's basically coming to a climax. So mm. yeah, mm. I I'm not gonna say I disagree with you on that on the facially <laughs> facial aspect. I'm not gonna disagree. It's just very God, I'm gonna get dragged. Very ninja turtle. Okay, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> okay, that was petty. But speaking of, <laughs> I said what I said, y'all. Don't come for me, okay? If you are a Jenna Jessica fan, I'm sorry. I know this was wrong. I'm owning up to it. I am messed up. I'm messed up for what I just said. And moving on, <laughs> petty. <laughs> Petty. So we have a new segment. It's called The Petty, where we talk about the pettiest moments we've ever had. And we're going to start with Shay. So Shay, what is your pettiest moment? Um, You know what? I had to really think about this. And one thing that keeps coming up for me is I was talking to this guy once um, and things were going great. Uh, he was great. But I had to leave because he pronounced salmon salmon. And I com- a- I completely left. I, I just, I was like, no. Because he kept saying it. And even, you know, when like you try to soft correct someone, mm-hmm. he didn't pick up on that. Okay. So I'm going to be you okay. and you be him. Okay. And I need you to say it the way he was saying it. You know okay. what? What would you like for dinner tonight? You know, my favorite my favorite meal is uh, salmon Alfredo. Oh, yeah. Salmon Alfredo is actually really, really good. I like a nice Cajun salmon Alfredo. Man, but you never you never had uh, jerk salmon. You never had jerk salmon. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, yeah, get the fuck out of <laughs> here. And that was actually a real conversation because we were debating like what was the best type of salmon. That was... Yeah. I'm sorry. You look traumatized. You look traumatized. It just bothered me because I'm like, don't do it. Don't. Just please don't. And I'm not saying I'm like the best with pronunciation, but bitch, not that one. And for some reason, like when I see it in my mind, I just imagine like this L being like, so Yes. Yeah, it was pretty petty. Pretty petty. Pretty petty. Okay. Well, you know what? Now I feel really bad for what I'm about to say because mine is out of this world with the pettiness. Ooh, let me hear it. (laughs) Let me hear it. So it was uh, summer of 2019, and I was living in the middle of bumfuck Egypt, Victorville, (laughs) California. Yes. And you know, you know what I was living. I loved the apartment, but the lifestyle was dead or in a doorknob. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a crust, crusty ass cancerous job <laughs> working at this. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm glad you said job because I really thought you were about to say neighbor. Because I do remember you had some problems with your neighbor. But we're not. (laughs) Yeah, we're not. That'll be another petty story. But yes, I did. I did. I had a lot of pettiness going on in here. Um, Yeah, I had a cancerous job uh, working for this medical office. And people in the high desert have nothing to do. Mm 
Mm-hmm. They're they're just extremely bored, and I just had no time for it because I had a life outside of that crusty ass location. Right. And um, there was this woman at my job. I was a temp. I was there for three months. My stint was almost up, where I was going to get hired on full time, and. The woman, the receptionist at my job was just extremely rude, right? Mm -hmm. I never had any contact with her. The only contact I ever, I heard stories about how rude she was and I stayed away. But we were in the parking lot one day after work and I'm backing out. I'm looking one way. She's backing out. She's looking the other way. And our cars almost collided. Like we were both at fault because no one was like fully looking. Right. So I'm over here like, oh, God damn. Like, thank God we didn't crash. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not taking it like that big of a deal. And she was like, what the fuck? And she like, you know, yeah, work parking lot. She's like, what the fuck? And she like, you know, screams and like hollers. And like, I'm like, okay, dude, like, it's not that big of a deal. So she ends up following me. We end up driving home the same way. And she's just like flipping me off out of her window, just like acting crazy, right? Completely acting like ludicrous. I'm a temp. So I feel like knowing what I know now, she had really close connections to the human resources department. The human resources manager was her best friend and she knew that I was a temp and I'm sure that she's acted accordingly. Right. Mm. So I'm over here like crying to my boyfriend about it and like telling him like, I can't believe this woman acted like this. Like I work with her like this is so awkward and uncomfortable. Two weeks goes by, I hear nothing. I was about to get hired on. I had three days left before I was hired on. I was confirmed with my supervisor. She's like, we're going to hire you. You're amazing. You're perfect for the job. I get a call from the temp agency the next day and they're like, you're, you're done. Like, oh. you know, <laughs> you don't have to go back in. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm done. She, he was like, your contract is up. And I was like, okay, but I was like, so to get hired on. And they were like, well, they decided not to go with you. Wow. Right. So I'm over here like, what the fuck? And I had no idea that it was this bitch. I'm thinking, you know, they played me like they don't want to give me my benefit, whatever. So I get a text message from one of the coworkers and she's like, we're so sorry. We don't know why the hell they fired you. Like, we're trying to fight for you, letting them know, like, you know, you're one of the best employees we've ever had. Like, you never, I don't even, I didn't even talk at this job. Yeah. I was like, I had nothing. I had so much other things to think about than these fucking crusty ass people. So Mm -hmm. I was very quiet. They thought I was super innocent. And, um, She's like, yeah, you know, we heard about what happened and we just think it's really unfair. And they told me that this woman filed a complaint with HR and because of this issue, they had to terminate me. So I was devastated because Mm -hmm. I was like, well, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to do blah, 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 blah. So we ended up moving, giving up our apartment because it was just not sustainable. And we ended up moving back home. And a couple months later, maybe like a month and a half, I got a job and it was the best job I've ever had. And then we decided to move to Long Beach. Everything went well. However, I was still motherfucking mad. I would be too. I was still mad. So you know what I did? I had to get my hair braided one day in Victorville. And I said, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for me to pay my old job a visit. I did just that. Now, what I did, though, because I am not an idiot. I'm not about to, you know, go postal on anybody. However, I feel like sometimes you can really kill people with kindness. Mm-hmm. So I got a f- beautiful bouquet of roses. And, um, oh, man, they were, mm, you would think somebody's husband was dropping them off. Had them delivered to this woman who was still working there, clearly. No mm-hmm. progression in over a year. It's been a year by now. And I had a handwritten letter. 
I have a copy of that letter. Do you want to hear it? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said, hello. You may not remember me, but I'm the girl you got fired earlier last year. Of course, you're wondering why on earth am I sending you flowers one year later? I'm sending this gorgeous bouquet as a token of my appreciation. I have been so blessed because of you. Since my release of this job, I have gotten a $13,000 pay increase, and I have been able to move from this city to the beautiful city of Long Beach and have met some of the most amazing people that I can ever imagine. I can only thank you and thank God for using your racist and hateful heart to help me progress further than I could have ever imagined in the last year. May he continue to use you as a tool for others' motivation and success. Keep on thriving. Love always, Brianne Robinson. Ooh. And I had those bouquets. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Delivered. Now, tell me if I'm petty. That shit was petty, but I wish you had someone in there recording her fucking reaction. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know what? That's how you get back at people. That's what you do. That is, that is, because I thought you were going to say I went up in there and I punched her right dead in her shit. Because I would have been like, yeah. Oh my God. I I want yeah. to be like you one day, Brie. I definitely <laughs> want to be like you. Wow. I did that shit. I feel like that. And I, that right there helps me sleep at night. Some days mm-hmm. I just imagine the look on her face when her coworkers are like, oh my God, who got you these fucking roses? And it mm. was my black ass in her fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Mind you, you're still in the desert with no water, little to gr- little to no grass, mm-hmm. no fun, no friends, no, no safe haven from the heat. And I'm in the beach living my best life, better job. I'm up out of here. And it's all because of you, babe. Thank you right. so much. Right. And the racism did it. The racism did it. Like you thought you had me down, but you didn't. Mm, no, that was a redirection. I, mm. That was that was a redirection. And God showed mm-hmm. up and said, baby, 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 hold up. You are better <laughs> than this. Let me let me use this. Let me use this woman as a tool and motivation for you. Mm. Cause it's it's bigger and better. So um whatever her name is, I can't remember, but that's for you, bitch. Oh, I love, I love a nice uh, work get back. Yes, yes. Oh my God, there have been so many times we wanted to get back at some people at Ferguson. Oh, cut that out. (laughs) At our old job. (laughs) Oh Lord, yes. I listen. Snaps to you. Love it. Yes, love it. This is going to be my favorite segment because I have minty pet petty moments in there. They're all kind of on the same wave. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mm. Okay. Oh, well, we're going to leave it there. We're going to leave let, it there. I'm going to let Shay meditate on that. But on brand, what we're talking about today, we're talking about the spark, keeping the spark alive, reigniting the spark. Now, this is not just for relationships. We're talking about the spark in life in general. Okay. So if you're single and you're like, this does not pertain to me. It absolutely does because we're talking about the spark of life in general. So don't be trying to rush up out of here because you're like, ah, I don't have a relationship. You're going to want to hear this. Shay, let's start the show. Let's start the show. I'm Bree. And I'm Shalika. 
And we are two long-term friends who get together once a week to chat over coffee or tea. Join us as we talk about all things black, white, and in between with, with Cafe, Cafe Confessions. Okay, we are back and let's get right into it. So Brie, what is the spark? Okay, the spark is a very, well, let me say this. The spark is special, right? That's number one. And according to Search Institute, sparks are interests or passions that light fire in a person's life. Mm. Spark expresses the core of who a person is and how they want to engage with the world around them. Sparks bring joy and hope. What do you think about that? I love that. I love that definition. So when when uh, we were actually going over this outline and you were talking about what is a spark, um, I know that we're this is not just for relationships, but my focus was on the relationship. When you think about it, yeah, that spark is in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Like it's that that driving force, you know, like what mm-hmm. makes me get up and do it again? Like, what is it? It's kind of like new love and it's not just for a relationship, but you have that new love in a project. Yeah, yes. I know, like, like what you're doing right now with your decks. It's like, yeah, it's the, it's the beauty. It's the grind. It's the man, this is about to be amazing when I'm mm-hmm. done, you know, like and mm-hmm. I can't wait to present this to the world. And you see that in projects, you see that in love. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. No, I love that too. And um, yeah, that's a perfect like addition addition onto the definition. And, you know, just jumping right into it, we're going to start with the relationship portion. So, Shay, when it comes to keeping the spark alive in a relationship, how do you show your partner that you are curious about them? Um, How do I show my partner that I'm curious about him? I would say by being interested in everything, well, not everything, but being interested in his hobbies. What I like to do is um, I want to show interest in his passions. Like he's a big Marvel person and I wasn't like, I'm not a Marvel person. Now I won't say that I'm not, but I was never, it was never my thing, but getting with him, like he'll tell me about the comic books or he'll tell me about how it, how this character relates to this one. And then we'll go and see the movies together. So that's something that he's really big in. We've tried doing the video game thing together. That's really, really not my thing. Um, Mm. (laughs) But I've tried. So, and I think um, that's really like how you show curiosity. It's like, I'm going to at least try. I'm not just going to deny it without trying first. And then also, you know, watching shows together, um, making the conversation about them, getting deeper than just surface level conversations. So, and listening Mm -hmm. to them. Yeah. Showing that your person love. What about you? I absolutely agree with everything you said. Same, same, same. Um, Meeting them in their world and their interests is like number one. Sadell is really into uh, customizing shoes and he's Mm -hmm. like an amazing artist. I had no idea about any of that stuff, any paints, uh, thinners, the type of shoes that he was working on, what it means to prep a shoe and you know, I've learned all this stuff just by like watching him, right. listening to him, just like talk about it, just being an open ear for him to, to vent to yeah. about like whatever. Um, he really likes to like he's back into his physical health and he's always been. But we've fallen off the wagon um, on and off for years. And like he enjoys running. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> but I will run with him. Right. Um, and every step of the way, he's like 
pushing me along and reaching back and trying to grab my hand and like encouraging me because he's better at it than I am. Yeah. And I that keeps me going. Like when I'm running, I'm like, okay, but my partner, look at him. He's like out here thriving. Like I want to want to make him proud. Right. And he just shows up for me. And then also I'm very inquisitive. I will ask you the dumbest questions, the most <laughs> random questions. Um, <clears throat> that's just my act of love. You know, yeah. like, I will literally be that girlfriend. That's like, would you rather do, you know, <laughs> like I'm that person. Um, yeah. Jay's, Jay's like you. <laughs> oh yeah. I it's, it's, I'm probably very annoying. And last night I was just like, he was in the middle of something very serious. And I was like, Hey, I have a question. He was like, okay, what? I was like, have you ever had your face painted when you were a child? <laughs> um, Would it like, you know, he's like, okay, yeah. Why? You know, but it's just like, I want to know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he does the same. He meets me in my world too. So I think that's very interesting that um, we keep our spark alive in that way. Oh, absolutely. Um, I like that. Like I said, Jay is like you. He'll just sit there and ask me random questions like, okay, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? You know, <laughs> if you had to choose between yeah. this or that, what would you do? Right. Um, and it's it just makes it it makes it more fun because it one, it helps you think outside of the box and they can kind of see like, okay, well, what led you to that? Like it's it's almost like by you like inquiring about my life and these random what ifs, it just like you said, it shows interest. It's like, oh, you yeah. really fuck with me. Like, all right. No, you just made me come up with an idea and this might be controversial and whatever. But imagine if like all of our friends, like couples, no mm-hmm. shade to the single people. I'm sorry to you. Um, <laughs> if they all got together and like we had a speed dating event amongst our friends, like Does that make sense? Like, and not for the purpose of like romance of like, no swinging, but just like understanding your partner better. Like, Hey, you know what? I talked to Jalil. He's very inquisitive and like, so am I. Mm -hmm. And like through that, you're learning more about him or, you know, I could, you could talk to Sadell and be like, man, me and Sadell have so much in common or like whoever else is in a couple and just showing that appreciation for your partner and then understanding them better through the power of talking. How many times do you really engage with the opposite sex for like a one-on-one conversations? Right. And a relationship. Right. I like that. Um, And not, I mean, not only that it's, I'm getting to know an extension of you. Like these are your people or these are my people. So you might learn more. Like there might be things that my friends have picked up about me that you don't know. Yeah, oh, I love that. I really, I do. You heard it here first. I just need y'all to know that you heard it here first. Okay. Yeah. Six eleven twenty twenty two. Okay. We said it first. We will sue you because we need we need the motherfucker check. Okay. Um. But yeah, let's talk about doing something like that. I think that would be like a really fun situation. I think so too. Let's let's mm-hmm. really get on that. Um. But I do want to ask you. So, what are some ways uh, you've contributed to your relationship's lackluster phase? Like, ooh, yeah. okay. So, when I hear lackluster, I hear like you know honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. um, right? Like, what's mm-hmm. that? So, Boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the honeymoon phase. Let's talk about that for just a second. So, the honeymoon phase is a phase that is a blissful, carefree period in a couple's relationship. Mm-hmm. Both partners are just getting to know each other and they can find little fault in what they do. Everything in their partnership 
everything I'm sorry that their partner does from how they eat to the stories that they tell are charming and endearing. This feeling of euphoria is what many couples call the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. Typically make typically marking the earliest years of a of earliest days, excuse me, of a relationship when laughter, lust, and attraction are highest. The honeymoon phase can last for weeks, months, or years in some cases. So what I did to contribute uh, to maybe the downfall of our honeymoon phase, one, we moved in very, very quick. Mm-hmm. So the mystery was gone because it's different <laughs> when you're like, okay, we're dating for six months. And like, when I go home, I could, you know, do the things that I do that I don't do in front of you. Now that we live together, I moved in with him after like two months of us dating. Under Obviously, our circumstances were just my circumstances were difficult. And um, it was hard. I had a hard time with where I was at. And he was like, move in. And I didn't expect that at all. <clears throat> I was not prepared, but. I was a tyrant. I was like, nope, mm -mm. we're going to clean this room from top to bottom. And, you know, you're going to do this. Like, I was very controlling of, like, how I lived my life. And Mm -hmm. I imposed that on him. So the honeymoon phase was wiped out very quick. And then also, um, we've been together for years. At one point, I would say, like, year three or five. I can't remember. I lost myself in my relationship with him. Um, I didn't have my own life, my own hobbies, my own goals. I was just not an individual. Um, I was just trying to, like, be his best friend, his girlfriend, like, and vice versa. We were just too on top of each other. And it got suffocating at one point. And I want to say to the couples listening obviously you guys probably know now but like you have this idea from society that like finding your other half you gotta Mm. find your other half that concept is dead for me it needs to be in the trash like you're a whole person they're a whole person and when you guys come together you create another whole entire Mm. life right right it's not i'm incomplete without you like i'm complete without you and you are an extension of like my happiness and my joy and my love however i'm still me and then year three and five brie and sadel did not know that it was you're my everything and we had to learn over the course of years how to get back to us i love that brie i no Mm. no i mean oh some people don't get it some people don't. And um, it's just hearing you talk about it. It's like, it's true. You are supposed to still be your per- your own person. It's, yeah, I get it. Like in relationships, some sacrifices have to be made, but you don't completely wipe out who you are to, you know, be there everything. You got to show up for you too. You come with your own hobbies. You come with your own mindset. These are the things that you like to do. Maybe you don't necessarily need to do that with your partner. Or maybe you need to go and have me time. Maybe you need to go and like spend time with your friends. That doesn't mean that your partner always has to be there as well. And I, girl, kudos to you. Cause I really, I really love that. I think, um, just for me on, on this end, I haven't been with my partner, um, as long as you've been with Sadil. So when I noticed things started to phase, it was kind of after we moved. I had this expectation like, oh, we're going to live together. We're going to be this, that, and the other because we just get along so well. And not to say that we don't, I feel like we have a great system, but I started to put a lot on him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, this needs to be done. Like, you you need to be doing this. Or why aren't we doing this anymore? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't realize 
that happiness, that work goes both ways. I can't just put that on my partner to make me happy or to bring excitement to the relationship. I got to I got to bring that stuff too. And mm-hmm. then also, you know, not dating my partner as much. It's not just up to my partner to take me out on dates. Yes. You know, and sometimes we yeah. do that. Mm. Oh, yeah, and well, yes, we are coming we'll we'll talk about it but the dating aspect keep that in mind dating is so important mm-hmm. and also keeping in mind like dating doesn't necessarily mean we always have to do big ticket items right like, oh we got to get dressed up we got to go to the nicest you know um restaurant and we no dating mm-hmm. for me now and maybe this will help someone else out there is literally hey let's it's wednesday night our farmers market is on Let's go ahead and walk down to the farmer's market, leave our phones, and just be present. Right. And who's to say that's not a date? That I can't, you know? Like, that's my personal intimate time with my partner. So learning, like, dating isn't always this major, huge, grandiose situation. It could be small dates. But as long as you guys are both present, that's all that counts. And I thank you for bringing that up, being present. That's another thing that I was struggling with. We would be in the same room, but I'm on my phone. You're on my phone. We're not present with each other, you know, or we get into a conversation and then maybe I'm taking a call in the middle of us having our time. You have to completely Mm. block out that time. Get off of your phone. And I'm saying this, I'm saying this out loud. So I say it to me because I'm always on my phone. There's just something that I always have to be doing. And I don't know if I have slight ADHD, but that I can't just focus on one thing. I have to be focusing on multiple things at once. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do need to be more present with my partner. And I do need to make sure like, maybe we can go a day without having our phones with us or Mm -hmm. he can have his phone because (laughs) he's not on it as much as me, Mm -hmm. just in case of emergency. But I like what you said about, you know, dating doesn't have to be this big thing. It's just us spending that quality time. This is our time. This is our dedicated time. And whether that's a specific day out of the week, uh, we just have to stay on that. So I love that. I, I definitely do. So just moving right along, what are your love languages? Okay, let's talk about love languages, right? So if y'all don't know what love languages are, they're pretty much ways that we express love and everyone has their own differences. And I think, in my opinion, when I'm, I'm going to give you guys a list, but I feel like people try to categorize themselves in one box. Mm. Like, I'm this love language, yep. right? And I feel like you have multiple and maybe you have 58% acts of service and then like a 15% in physical touch, mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like everyone has all of these love languages, but what piques your interest more is what matters. So the first one is words of affirmation, saying supportive things to your partner or having supportive things be said to you. Acts of service, doing helpful things for your partner or liking helpful things being done for you. Receiving gifts, giving your partner gifts that tell them you were thinking about them and also receiving. Quality time, spending meaningful time with your partner or having them spend time with you. Physical touch, being close to and caressed by your partner or vice versa. Um, My love language is definitely words of affirmation. I love just hearing someone just hype me up like Mm -hmm. that gets me motivated um and then uh, i really do like acts of service i'm not gonna lie to you and it's not like i need gifts i need to come home sometimes and it's like dang the trash is already taken out great right Right. dishes are done oh the house is clean like you know like 
Right. That shows me like, hey, I love you. When you come home from work, I just want you to rest. Right. Right. So what about you? What are your... Girl, I can say the exact same thing because I just like going over these questions. I'm like, damn, I really am an acts of service type of person. And I think because I'm always doing something or I'm always, I always feel like I'm getting pulled in other directions and I have tasks that need to be done. So when someone can relieve me of those tasks, I just feel like, oh, you fuck with me. Like you just, (laughs) thank you. Like you are doing this and I don't, and it's like, I didn't have to tell you to do this. Like you already do this. Like laundry. I don't know the last time I I washed some clothes. Like oh, you're blessed. <laughs> you blessed and highly favored because I, I hate the damn laundry. I and I barely wash the dishes. Like this oh, is- <laughs> yeah. can I borrow him? Can we just switch for maybe a week? Just one. Hell week? no, no ma'am. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he's not here, I'm gonna have to do it. So it's like things like that, and I don't have to tell him to do these things. He just does it. Like. Like it's his job and I feel bad because it's not, I need to be doing that more and not, not like in a gender role aspect, but just because he does it so much. Like, I don't want him to ever feel like, oh, you have to do this, you know? So I'm very much an acts of service person and I'm very much, I I like to say I'm a mixture of all of them because I am. Give them all to me. Right. I'll take everything. Anything you have. Oh, everything. Please, please. Thank you. Spread it across the board. But I will say that I am, when it comes to least, I do like words of affirmation when you're hyping me up, but it's hard for me to take compliments when it's directly about me, like my physical, like, you know, like having someone tell you that, oh, you're so beautiful, you're all this. Mm. It's hard for me to accept that. And then also physical touch. I'm not always the biggest. I can't. And it's not that. Because I do like, you know, he'll do like the little pokes and like he just wants to hug me or he wants to touch me. He makes sure Jay touches me every single day. Like there's not a moment in the day that he's not touching me. And but that's because that's his love language. Yeah. Physical touch, quality time. That's his love language, you know. So Mm -hmm. it's it's hard when your person needs this. And that's probably like the lowest on the list. list. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you how do you combat that? What do you do? Um, I think I'm still learning. I'm still learning, so I don't really have like an answer for that. But I try to meet him somewhere in the middle. Like if we're sitting on the couch, I'll just make sure I'm touching him, like my feet are on him, or I'm rubbing his back, or I'm rubbing his head, something. Like I'll just I try to make the effort. Um, yes. So I I feel like I can touch him, but it's really when he touches me that I'm just like okay, you don't always have to be on me, you know, yeah. like, but yeah. I don't know. What about you? <laughs> um, You know what? Sadell is an anomaly because he's very chill, like mm-hmm. very. And I'm like, babe, what, what do you want? What do you like? He's like, I just love whatever you give me. Like, there's no definitive. And I'm like, I would love for you to be like, I connect with this the most. Mm-hmm. Right. So I find myself just being like, I don't know. And uh, hear me out. I know I keep saying 10 years, 10 years means that I've been together for a long time, but that doesn't mean that I know every single thing about him or that he knows everything about me. And people don't understand this concept when I tell them like means that we're still learning each other because one people change every day, but that blows their mind. They're like, well, you guys been together for so long. You should know everything. Like I don't know everything. And to be honest, I don't want to know everything. Right. 
I do want to know what the fuck his love language is because <laughs> um, that would be very helpful, but right. he would need to be like more definitive. So I just find myself spreading out across the board and I give him the most physical touch. Like that's the one thing. And I don't even think he really cares for it that much. I really feel like he's like you, but yeah. he doesn't necessarily say I don't need physical touch. So I just be like, okay, well shit, I'm going to kiss you, touch you. I'm very kissy, very touchy with him. Just very huggy. Like I have to touch him all the time. Um, because I feel like that's something that makes me feel intimate and connected with him. Hmm. But I feel like he loves to give gifts. That is his love language to me. So mm. maybe I can start picking up on giving him gifts back. Maybe okay. you you love people how they love you. Yeah, I've heard is that a lot. Good? Yeah, like love, treat people how they want to be treated. Yeah. Not how you want to be treated, but how they want to be treated. And, how they want to be treated. And love people how they want to be loved. Um, yes. Gifts are lowest on his list. Like okay. trying to pull some... <laughs> Every year I have to try and make magic because this man, I'm like, so what do you, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. And I'm like, dude, there's nothing out there. I mean, besides the things that he buys for himself, like games or, uh, you know, other than games, like I really don't know what to get this man every single year. So <laughs> it's, it's really hard. It's really hard trying to plan something. And I'm just like, you know what? He likes spending time with me and I think I would like going here. So I'm sure he will enjoy going here. So right. it's, it's kind of hard. It's hard. Um, and I don't want to chuck it up to us being new, but I think he's still discovering himself. I'm still discovering myself. So we're just kind of on this journey. And then along the way, we'll figure out what we like. So. Yeah, and I mean, it's not—it's not even that you guys are new. It's, you're still learning this person. I, mm-hmm. Like I said, we've been together for ten years, and I can't even definitively tell you what his love language is. Yeah. Like, but I love the man of pieces, you know. So I don't know. I just, you know, do what I can. But yeah, yeah gift giving um, is tricky because I don't give gifts throughout our relationship. Like Monday, here's your little Monday treat, or Friday, <laughs> you know. Like I give small things where I'm like oh I stopped and I got us boba on the way home Love that. but mm-hmm. when it comes to <laughs> birthdays or holidays right. I go all out like mm-hmm. I remember one um, year I got him a signed album from Wiz Khalifa which was his favorite his favorite artist and I was like I just knew I was like this shit gonna hit like <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? And it's like, I found pleasure. I just find pleasure in like, because he likes to give me gifts. So mm-hmm. when I give him these big ticket items, birthdays and Christmases, I like go all out. I hide them. I just make it grandiose because that's what I think he would like, yeah. you know? And he is so appreciative. So partners, if you are listening to this, tell your motherfucking partners with <laughs> love languages so we don't have to guess. Right. I'm going to ask him when we get off. I'm like, pick one. Pick <laughs> one. Just pick one and then I promise you I'm going to go all out. Oh right. my gosh. <laughs> no, yes. I love that. I love that. Um, like I said, I'm still, I'm still learning uh, when it comes to the gifts. And it's definitely, it's mostly like, like you said, like holidays and birthdays, but I do, I would like to be better at just getting him small things. I feel like I do that. And I, I don't keep like a track of like what I'm getting this man. Like, Oh, I saw this at the store here, but I would like to do that. And I think I would like that too. I think I would like that too. It's gonna, <laughs> gonna say that out loud. Um, but yeah, I love that. Um, 
So really quick, I did, I found this article online and I kind of just wanted to go over uh, common mistakes, common mistakes in a relationship. And at any point, if you got a point for any of these points, 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 let me know. Okay. So 17 common mistakes. So one, you only have surface level conversations. Mm. Mm. You stop making an effort. You put off personal goals. So I know we were talking about that earlier. It's not, you're coming into a relationship as your own person. Don't put mm-hmm. up your goals because that ends up leading to resentment. Um, you don't have hobbies, hobbies outside of the relationship. You do literally everything together. I had to learn this one. Past relationships, anytime I was going somewhere, especially with friends, my partner was going somewhere and they never had time just with me. Now in this relationship, I feel like with this relationship, the things that affected my friendships, the things that affected me, I have not brought them into this relationship. And I feel like because of that, I have been my most comfortable. And I I would hope he feels the same. I can't speak for him, but I feel my most comfortable. I feel my most authentic. Like I don't have to, I don't have to prove anything to you. I don't have Mm -hmm. to, I don't have to ask you for permission to do something or think that you would feel some type of way. He, he lets me be free. And I love that. I've never had someone not want to control my life in some sense. Um, So with you literally doing everything together, you don't hang out enough. That's another thing. Like you got to make time and just like you're making time for yourself, you're making time for your family, you're making time for your friends. You got to make time for your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't talk about your feelings. I love talking about my feelings to my partner. I want him to talk more about his feelings, but okay, uh, we're going to work part. on that. <laughs> we're going to work. <laughs> we're getting there slowly but surely. Um, you always go to the same favorite places. Now this one, I get that. I get it. Uh, we definitely have some of our favorites and we, we are getting to a point where we're like, okay, let's not go there because we don't want to, we don't want to tire ourselves out of this place. Like we really like mm-hmm. this place. So we do, we should start exploring new things. And one thing I've been doing, um, I'm sure you do this as well. Um, I, every time I see something like on Instagram or whatever I'm on and it's like, oh, fun things to do in my area. I save them and mm-hmm. I'm trying to like build up a list. I saw um, a while ago, this guy, he started a notes tab. And he would just add things like date ideas and he shared it with his partner mm. and they started to build on that. And I'm like, mm. that's actually a really great idea. Like you put in things, yeah. I put in things. That's fun, right? Yeah. So, um, okay. So you, you never argue. I used to really be, I used to say this a lot, like, oh yeah, me and Jay have never argued. We've never argued. And it's like, at some point you're going to argue. Now we have mm-hmm. disagreements. I won't say that we've had like full blood, well, Maybe one argument. Mostly we have disagreements, but we tend to work through them. And I think that's the, that's what they're saying here. Like when you argue, you know how to, you hear everyone's side and then you work through it. So if you're never yeah. arguing, you're never, you're never addressing issues. Mm-hmm. You get it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you stop flirting with each other. You forget to go on dates. You ignore each other. You expect the boredom to go away. You don't address hurt feelings. You expect the honeymoon phase to last forever. You don't listen to each other. And lastly, you forget what brought you together in the first place. Mm. Love that. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't um, include that in the outline. Can you email that to me? Please? I sure will. Yeah, because I agree with a lot of those things. And also, like, um, you know, just candidly speaking here, sex for me has just not been a priority for a not a while, but for a few months. Like, I just been I'm getting back into the rhythm of it. Um, just cause things have been overwhelming with work and then we had the podcast and it was just a lot happening where it was like the least of my priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was feeling really shitty about like how I showed up in my relationship about this, but then you read this list to me and I'm just like, all these things are so beautiful and all these things are something I look at and we do in our relationship, yeah. you know? So for any couples out there that are like, but maybe the sex aspect is, not as um consistent as i want sorry mom you can skip this part but you know if you try to say i'm gonna have sex two to three times a week right for some people that's like i want sex every day i want sex two times a day i can't physically give you that mm-hmm. you know like i'm that's not where my love language lies like i could give you what i can but i'm more on the two four three side um four is like we're doing phenomenal. Um, a week? <laughs> four times a week? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> For me, it's like phenomenal. Like, yeah. Like, oh shit, we're in that, we're in the zone. And I am just not that physical in that way. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not that important to me. Um, and it, it got really hard because he was like, but that's that's the way I express my love. Mm-hmm. And you're not giving me the time that I need in order to feel loved by you. Right. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do? And, you know, we came to a conclusion that let's take sex off the table for a while. And probably you guys are going to be like, but if he wants more sex, why are you guys taking sex off the table? The truth is, is sometimes a lot of pressure is put on sex mm-hmm. in your relationship. And you can give sex, but are you present in sex? Are you actively engaging with your partner sexually? Are you just flopping down like a fish? Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm being so serious. And like, yeah. he was like, let's take sex off the table and let's just like focus on reconnecting with ourselves and then getting back together to us. Mm-hmm. And then let's bring sex back. So for the couples out there, they're like, sex is like the hardest thing right now for us. Take some time off. Don't be afraid to say, you know what, we're, we've been together for three years. I've been having sex with you every week, three times a week. How many times have you can really say, I I took a month off from sex to really recenter and miss my partner sexually to reignite the flame. And you guys don't think this is crazy, but we did this beautiful candle ritual. Um, we went to one of our spiritual metaphysical stores out here in Long Beach called House of Intuition. And they sell these little candles that you light for days on end and it's supposed to reignite the spark in mm-hmm. all aspects of your life. So I grabbed the love struck candle which was for couples and what we did was we wrote down our intentions like you know um i said for example i want to be more intimate with my partner you know in the weeks coming up or whatever we wrote down our list of things we put that note under the candle and we let it burn all the way down until the flame went out by itself and that was our little ritual right does not have to be the same but figuring out a way to come up with a plan and a goal set the intention and then come back to it. And our sex life has been really good. Like it's still slowly building up, but I don't want to shy away from talking about sex because a lot of couples do go through a dry period and they get very insecure about their love and about their relationship status. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think it's very normal. What do you think about that? 
Girl, I felt like that message was for me. <laughs> I feel like you were speaking directly to me because, you know, I think I've, I talked to you about this as well. Um, and even the last episode when we were talking about daddy lessons and how I put a lot of my worth in sex. So if my partner is not seeking me sexually, I am going to think that it's something against me and I get very insecure about it. Um, but we've actually had this conversation and, you know, I've, I've told him the same thing about, you know, because of my past, this is why I tend to put such so high expectations on sex and how much sex we're having. And um, he was basically saying, like, I don't necessarily need that. Like, I I like being around you and that's enough for me. And not to say that I don't want to be with you sexually, but there are other factors that come into why we're not doing it as often. But mm-hmm. me being around you is enough. I don't need that physical aspect to be satisfied. And at, on one hand, like, I really appreciate that because for me, it's like, okay, you see me, you love me. Mm-hmm. It's not what I can do for you. Like, that is a bonus, but that's not the main thing in our relationship. And for me, once I move past, you know, those traumas, I feel like that would be enough for me as well. Yeah. Because it's not like, you know, when we have sex, we're very much into it and it's a beautiful thing and we're still learning each other. We're still learning, you know, our bodies um, so that it can be great. And it is like, I, I've never had bad sex with him. I, I will say that <laughs> on air. <laughs> so it's not that it's just like, I want it more. And like I was saying earlier, you know, when we moved in together, you have these expectations like, oh, it's going to be like this. And it's like, mm-hmm. No, it's not. But um, I also put a lot of that on him. Like, I need you to be the initiator when I can initiate as well. Yeah. Like, I can I can make things very sexy. I can, uh, you know, maybe plan a trip for us to just focus on that or bringing mm-hmm. things to the house. Like, I love what you were saying about the candle. I never even thought about that. Um, but also, you know, maybe we could... I don't know, plan for sex dates or plan yeah. to, if not be physical in that aspect, like be physical in other ways, just exploring one another's body. And I know uh, in previous episodes, you were talking about tantric sex. Yes. I'm, I'm still not, I don't fully grasp everything, but I would love for us to talk about this one day on the podcast. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's something that we can imp- implement in our relationship, but you know, sex is not everything. And it took me a very long time to understand that. And though, you know, I want to do that more with my partner because I love him and I, I love being physical with him in every aspect, though. I'm not like the biggest physical touch person. Um, I just want to connect with him more and I need to realize that connecting with him more doesn't always mean that we have to be intimate. So. Yes. And I mean, really quickly add on to tantric sex because I'm very interested in it for people who don't know what it is. So uh, tantric sex is like slow meditative sex where the end goal is not about the orgasm, but more so enjoying the sexual journey um, and the sensations of the body. And also it's like, it's a method of intercourse that aims to achieve mindfulness and deep connection for its partners through breath work, prolonged eye contact, embraces, massage, and slow deliberate intercourse. So, um, if you guys ever looked up tantric sex or tantric relationships or whatever on TikTok, you'll get an example because sometimes they'll just sit 
and they'll just stare into each other's eyes while they like rub each other's hands or backs and just kind of grounding Mm -hmm. with your partner right and it could be a little intimidating at first but I'm not an expert. I have not even hopped into this portion of my sex life. So give me some time. I'm still working <laughs> on it. Um, and we'll get back to it. We could do a whole episode and maybe have like a specialist come on. And I would love some- that. I would love that. And when you were saying eye contact, that's where I am not great. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I need to like really uh, dive deep into that. But eye contact is very hard for me. Very hard. And then just with anything. So, um, yeah, definitely want to dive deeper into that. And I would love for us to, you know, maybe down the line, maybe season three, season four, we'll Mm -hmm. have someone on here. And maybe we'll even be talking about personal experience. So we'll see. Right. No, and I I definitely agree with you. So we'll leave, you know, this portion of the podcast, the relationship portion. We'll put it on hold and we'll get to the cats that are like, but what about those motherfucking passions? Um, <laughs> and this is your time to shine. So first question, Shay, are you connecting with your higher purpose? I feel like in some aspects of my life, I am. Um, I don't believe like I'm fully there at my higher highest purpose, but like I believe I'm taking the steps necessary to get there. Like I'm healing the trauma. I'm loving myself more, allowing others to love me, um, connecting more with my voice and doing my best to accept its power uh, and learning to be more confident in everything I put my energy into. And I think though by doing that, eventually I will get to my highest power, but I don't think I'm fully there yet or my, not my highest power, but my highest purpose. Um, but you're working on it. But I'm working on it. Yes. Like I know there is a purpose out there and I'm still trying to figure it out, but I feel like I can't, I don't want to get there and not be ready for it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you? Um. So when it's, when I say higher purpose, uh, for those of you listening, it, it's just a more meaningful reason to exist. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say live. I don't want to say work because some people don't exist to live or work really. Um, it's up to your discretion but am I connecting with my higher purposes I definitely think I'm tapping into them Mm -hmm. like I'm close I'm on the cusp Mm -hmm. like I'm okay with not knowing exactly what my higher purpose is but understanding like the journey is going to take me there right right and I'm right on time also I will say shameless plug again I have the advantage of doing plant medicine this is something that before plant medicine I struggled with like, what am I here for? Why am I living? Right. I just feel like I'm in this rat race and nothing makes sense to me. So breaking through that barrier of like, fuck that rat race. Like, <laughs> that rat race has nothing to do with me. Yes. Right. Like there's a whole other parking lot outside of the rat race. And then outside of that parking lot, there's a whole other city. And like seeing it from this example, like it's so small, this rat race that we put on. I don't have to think inside of that structure um but Shay moving on to the next question what energizes you uh okay so I I had to really sit and think about this because um I think I'm still figuring out but I think me time and the support from like my friends and family like like I need I need someone to be there and be like, oh, you got this shit. Like you are you are doing it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that ignites something in me. And I I know that it's 
it is a form of validation and I'm trying to step away from that because I want my voice to energize me. But I do also realize I do well when I have time to think, like when things are just cluttered and I just have too many people around me and I have too many opinions around me, I can't be like my full self, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So one thing I wanted to mention, like just what you were saying, this rat race, my motto before was I want to be better than I was last month. But I had this goal without realizing I needed to heal and work on things within myself, mm-hmm. like in order to achieve that. So it's like, you can't bypass the process and think that you're going to get to the end result. Like, oh, I got to mm-hmm. be better. I got to be this. I'm, I'm on this on this money chase. I'm on this marathon. Babe, there's things in between that, that if you mm-hmm. even get there, you ain't going to be ready for this. And you're going to lose it yeah. faster than you got it. So I, and I realized that I was like, I internalized a lot. I suppressed even more. And I thought like, you know, if I fake it long enough, you know, fake it till you make it. If I fake it long enough, then soon I could be what I fooled the world into believing I was. So mm. yeah, this, this, yeah, I, um, I don't know if I answered your question, but you did. You did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you did. No, I feel like, um, that's pretty much like in alignment. What I'm trying to say is what energizes me or you to the listeners. Like for me, it's creativity mm. wherever I could find a space to be creative, whether that's fashion, home decor, music, film, like those little feelings of like, Ooh, I can feel like some, something bubbling up. I feel like that's my spark. Right. And it shows up in cooking. It just shows mm-hmm. up in things that I, I'm an earth sign by the way. So everything that I do is like heightened on luxury of materials Mm -hmm. like and not not that i'm a materialistic person but i like high quality shit i get high quality you know does that make sense (laughs) yeah like experiences and life and like if you want to get in tune with like all things earthly you need to get you an earth sign because they will put you on the best food Mm -hmm. they'll put you on the best right shay got hello hello thank you (laughs) they will they will put you on the best movies music shows like those are the people that are grounded with earthly possessions and not as it's, like i said i'm not trying to make it materialistic but that's where my shit fucking fire fire mm-hmm. is growing mm-hmm. give me something that i feel like man created from scratch and i'm gonna fucking eat that shit up right right so when i think about what energizes me i know that it's creativity but then moving along with well my goals need to be in alignment with that right mm-hmm. so whatever my higher purpose is the goal that I'm reaching to get to the higher purpose needs to be in alignment with gives me what gives me that jump in my stomach, which is creativity. So every time I, I hope I'm you're following me. No, are, are you following me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have a passion that sparks, uh, for example, I got into pole and something sparked for me. Pole dancing I was like, that's what I want to do. But was that passion in alignment with my overall goal? Because I suck at pole dancing. I have a pole in my house. I look at it every day. I'm not the greatest at it. Um, Is it a form of creativity? It absolutely can be a form of art. But is it something that I'm meant to master? Maybe not. I can still utilize a pole, but my goal shouldn't be, I want to be the best pole dancer, pole fitness, run a TikTok page on pole dancing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's not in alignment. I may have an interest, but that doesn't mean that I got to make that number one priority. And then also what is the energy in relationship with this goal? So for example, using pole and whatever that could be for you, 
fill in the blank here. Um, has there been constant ups and downs? When I think about pole, do I feel good some days, bad some days? Am I interested? Am I losing interest, right? Up and down flow? Or is this the first time I'm running into a problem? Have I been dancing on the pole, mastering it for months, and then maybe I just lose spark for a second because I'm overworked or I'm stressed out? So if it's the first issue, then it's like we can work through that. If it's an up and down situation where you're like, I'm on the verge all the time, maybe that goal is not in alignment with your overall purpose. And it could just be an interest, but not necessarily where you need to place a lot of your focus. So When you guys come to these problems about where are my goals? What are my passions? I would say use that mindset. And hopefully that was helpful. No, it absolutely was. I'm, I'm, you know, you just saying that like really like sparked something within me because I always felt like, oh, if I'm getting into something, I have to master it. And it's like, you don't, you could just have an interest (laughs) in it. Like you don't have to be the best at every single thing that you do. You know, it's, it's, it just goes back to enjoy the process. Enjoy just being in it. Enjoy just like something new in your life that you've taken an interest in. You mm-hmm. ain't, you ain't got to be the damn showman of everything that you, <laughs> you know? So I, I thank you for that because, um, just to like, you know, get into like your next, the next question of like who you are now versus who, who you were then when this goal was created, I always felt like, if I'm not the best at something, I'm the worst at something. Whereas now it's, I'm just enjoying every up and down, like the ups and downs of it, the process of it, like the good and the bad. I'm taking all of that and everything is either a learning experience or, you know, maybe I got to be okay with "Mm, this didn't fit me. I tried it out, didn't like it, moving Mm -hmm. on to the next. Mm -hmm. And I have a problem with letting things go. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I, man, okay. Yes, thank you for that. So <laughs> no, no, I mean, if I would, if I could add to that, yes. if you don't mind. Mm-mm. But yes, the part about like, who were you when this goal was created? Because how many goals did you create in college when you were a student, and you started getting in the work field, and you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, I feel like we don't give ourselves enough space to change our mind because yes. people place on you linear, linear. Have a plan. Have an mm-hmm. end goal. What are you working? fuck that shit. I'm here to tell you like, there's no such thing as a linear mindset, a linear goal. You did not know what you know today, yesterday, right? So how can you say, well, what I did five years ago is supposed to apply to me today through all, through becoming a father, becoming a wife, uh, becoming an employee, um, dealing with trauma or loss and grief. Who the fuck can stick to a, a fucking plan? This is not a goddamn car note. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be like rude, but yeah. your goals, you give yourself the time and space to change your mind. Yeah. Right. Um, and letting go of finality. I really have been struggling with finality. When I say that, like the final must be definitive, right? Flow, having flow, understanding it's okay right to reevaluate the situation and say i'm not that person anymore yeah. and i don't want to do that yeah i don't have that interest you know um for example i want to just give you one more thing i had to reevaluate how i felt about school school is finale that's a finality for me when i think about society and the the amount of stress people place on school no shade if you went through your shay has her degree i'm not coming for her i'm not coming for anyone that loves school there are certain people who don't thrive in that environment. Right. 
I have not been diagnosed, but I can tell you right now that I'm pretty sure I have ADD, a late stage adult ADD in women. I truly believe that. I struggle with school. I don't have, I get overwhelmed very easy when my um, routine is messed up. Mm -hmm. Um, School will fuck your routine up because projects and people flipping out and not holding up their end of the bargain, whatever, you know, (laughs) remember I told you about that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) We'll talk about that another day, but I had a mental, I literally had a mental breakdown over a goal presentation. I'll tell you really quickly. And the day this was our final and the day the goal showed up, the girl dipped out. She just went to the bathroom and never came back. (laughs) <laughs> and I think I called Shay crying and she laughed at me because I had a mental freeze. I my brain could not comprehend <laughs> that she had a portion of this project that was not so as I'm up there presenting, I literally I looked at the class for like two minutes without saying anything. And I said, you know, I'm having a mental breakdown. I'm having a mental breakdown. And they kind of all looked like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm not okay. I've been working on this project for weeks and she just left us. And I don't know how to comprehend what's going on. And they kind of, they kind of laugh. But after the project was over, everyone was like, that needed to be said because we've all been feeling this pressure of trying to get to this finale, finality of this class. Right. But the shit did not go how I intended. I didn't intend for a, a gutta bitch to just be like, fuck this project. I'm out of here. You know? So I had to move. Shay, part, please explain why this is so funny to you, please. <laughs> please. I'm sorry. I am laughing at the worst possible moment. <laughs> I can just imagine. I can just imagine that this person, <laughs> this person said, I, and it's funny to me now, just as when it was when you told me, and I'm so sorry. I don't remember if I laughed in your face or not. You did. But I'm so sorry. And I was, I just, see, I, I laugh at the worst possible moments. But all I can imagine is this, this chick's like, hey, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> she never came back. She never showed back You're up. You're like, so are you here? What's going on? She never showed up. It was, a, it was, and I don't remember what I said to you. Do you remember what we said when we had that conversation? I really do not remember what, what was said, but I, I know, um, I think the end thing was just, hey, go up there, be honest, just present your part, do what you <laughs> do your best. <laughs> It was. I think I was in shambles and like that was bad. So I'm so sorry. I'm no, no, no. It's okay. But yes, um, letting go of finality, letting go of like this is how it's gonna plan. Your plans could change. Circumstances could pop up. Just giving yourself the space to say this did not turn out how I expected, and I'm gonna move on from it. With that said, and Shay's gathering herself and wiping her I'm tears sorry. away. This is real shit. I couldn't make it It is. It is. And it's fucked up. It's really, it's just really bad. And I, I don't know if I asked you, I think it was like the final or the final, right? So you didn't see her after that. Never saw her again. (laughs) Bitch. Never saw her again. And the part that made it worse is I don't do group projects. I do want to be the leader. I want to direct. I want to, because I know that I'm going to do my part. Right. And I'm going to get it done right. And you can't control them. I can't, I control, yeah, but yeah. I control me, you right, know, like, right. it's like you're, sometimes a group project, you're kind of like, vote for me for president, and people mm-hmm. are like, maybe I'll place my votes here, but then this one chick was like, I can do this, this mm-hmm. is where I'm going to thrive, this is where I'm going to shine, and 
my fucking trust in her was already paper thin. And I saw her. I knew it was going to go south when we were in the library kind of printing out our final papers. And she was on the computer frantically typing. I said, oh, okay, this this is not going to end well. Mm-mm. But when she showed up to the class, I said, well, maybe it might go well. Mm-hmm. And then she went to the bathroom. And she <laughs> never came back. I mean, did you see her take her stuff? Like, like that should have been the giveaway. Like, why are you taking your stuff with you? You know, she was never yes. going to come back. Bri. Y'all should have just been like, back. we can just go ahead and skip over these first two yes. slides. <laughs> Introduction. Yes. Here's our names. And go right. ahead and skip this portion. But, yes. I mean... <laughs> I'm, and then I was just laughing at the fact that you said you were staring at the class and they stared oh, back at you. Man, and like one of oh. the girls in my group, um, she had said something. It was like some weird, I want to say it was like Dag Nabbit. It was like something that was completely out of place. It was just very uncomfortable. I'm sure everyone in that class was like, this was the most uncomfortable thing that I had to witness. Yeah. But we got through it and I got you an did. A. And Good. through all, I did. I did a great job. And our teacher probably felt super horrible for us. And she, you know, was very lenient. But moving on, Shay, name a time <sighs> where you lost Sorry. passion or interest in something. And what did you do to get it back? Um, okay. So, you know, I think I just spoke about this in our last episode, but with my full complexions and not even just that, but I've lost interest in some of the work that I was doing. I lost interest in some of the hobbies that I was doing or get, trying to get into. And mm-hmm. I think it's thinking about it now, it goes back to what you said. Like, I felt like mm-hmm. I had to be the best. I felt like I had to master these things. And I wasn't comfortable with being in the uncomfortable situations, like with mindful, okay, maybe this, maybe this season just, you know, we're just slow on orders or... Mm-hmm. Maybe there were just moments where I just didn't feel, I didn't feel like posting about it or um, advertising because I let other people or what I thought people were thinking, I let that get into my head. Um, you know, they, these people are probably tired of seeing me post. Okay, then they don't have to follow you. But in my head, you know, I wasn't getting like interactions um, and I wasn't getting the validation. So... I don't know. I just, I started to lose the interest and it no longer was fun. It became work. And once it became work, I was like, I already got enough work. Like I have two other jobs. So this is now a job and I'm not having the help that I once had and it's all on me. So I I became overwhelmed. Um, I think what brought me back to it is because when you, I feel like when you're truly passionate about something and you truly want to do something, it never really leaves your mind. And you're sitting there like, I can get back to it. Or you are, for me, I was like, man, this is such a great idea for summer. I want to come out with this line of this. Or, oh, I love these colors. I can, I want to redo, you know, logos and all this other stuff. And for me, because I always had those thoughts, I'm like, this isn't over. Like, I still want to do this. Mm -hmm. But it was the confidence that I was lacking. And now that I'm not so, so much focused on, you know, people's opinions or, um, you know, validation or worried about whether or not they care about how many posts I have about my damn business. I'm not worried about that. I just needed that confidence within myself. Mm. I needed to, I needed to know that I was on the right track and that I could do this. Like I, I don't necessarily like help is fine, but there are other ways to get help. 
and I need to do better at, you know, looking for resources rather than trying to wait for them to come to me. Mm. No, I really liked what you said about like the whole validation aspect um, and like needing people to validate like your goals, your dreams, your interests um, Mm -hmm. in order for it to be important. Um, Same, like the example I'll use will be TikTok. I randomly just kind of blew up on TikTok last year and I was doing great with every video, just hit, hit, hit after hit, hit after hit. And it started to feel like work. It started to feel like an obligation. Mm-hmm. It started to feel less creative. And what really did it for me is um, one of my videos that went viral was about Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. I had started a whole entire women's group in order for people to like come and talk about the book and like keep each other on track, be accountability partners. And I got hit by this random woman who was like, hey, I run a Discord channel and I would love to host your Sacred Woman group. And that way, like, you know, you guys have like ways to text each other, send pictures and do all this stuff. Cause I was doing it through WhatsApp. It was just mm-hmm. like, Hey, y'all have questions about the book. Right. And I thought, yeah, this will be a beautiful experience. <clears throat> Why not <clears throat> take it to the next level? And she completely stole my group from under my feet. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Really? Girl, when I told you these spiritual people be out here for themselves, they do. Uh, and she's, <laughs> she completely stole my woman's group. Like, try to squeeze me out almost and she did it in such a nice way where i don't have any hate for her (laughs) she was really good at how she did it but um it was kind of that like well damn i worked so hard to like build this thing and you snatched it but i had to really reevaluate it like it wasn't for me Mm -hmm. if somebody could come in and take something that i thought that and i was getting overwhelmed like i'm not the group leader i just Mm -hmm. wanted to create a space for women to talk Mm -hmm. she wanted to host and lead and you know guide women through this process where me it was just like here's a place for connection right and i was like you know this is not what i wanted to do this is not my end goal i need to focus on other things and i took a break off of tiktok and it's been very hard for me ever since then to get back to my views and my videos because i've taken so much time off Mm -hmm. but it served its purpose like moving on like that doesn't necessarily mean i can't ever post on tiktok again but putting that amount of stress where i gotta get a hundred and fifty thousand likes on one post yeah a million views like i don't have to do that you know and letting it be i had a great interest i did really good at that and even though it was great it still wasn't my overall purpose even though i mastered it for a bit of time doesn't mean that i gotta keep fighting to stay on top I did it. It's done, you know, and if it's for me, it'll come back. Um, And some people have a hard time probably understanding that, but like, but you're, you're TikTok famous. How do you walk away from that? It's not in alignment with who I am overall. Right. Right. I'm not doing it for the likes of the the look at me. It's really the act of service. If I'm not able to service the people that I want to service on that platform, then I need to move on. Hence, we got a fucking podcast now. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Shifting same goal acts of service how do i help people how do i connect with people how do i create space space for people in a different way right still connecting with my higher purpose i love that i really do i love it too and then i'm you know it just like i feel like you have this like natural thing in you where people look at you to lead and it's just unfortunate that you know you try to 
create this space. Well, you did create this space. And it's unfortunate that people weren't really contributing in the way that you thought, like you probably thought this was going to be an open discussion for everyone. Like you Mm -hmm. put your opinions in, you say this, you, it's kind of like you're, you were managing a group of people and it's like, girl, I'm, I'm diving into the book too. Like I have questions Mm -hmm. too. I am not the answer here. Like I no. I wanted to I'm also a learner. Yes. I'm not a teacher. I'm a student. Yes. yes. And she wanted to be the damn teacher. And I'm like, you want it so bad? It's yours, baby. Right. You can Go have it. it. And still to this day, she'll be like, hey, Bree, just checking in on you. How are you doing? Baby, I haven't rolled back to you in a year. I'm not mad, but like, it's not what you, it's probably not what you wanted. Right. Like the clout was not, I hate to use the word, but the clout was mine. Mm-hmm. Like people connected with mm, the information that I was presenting. Right. The way that I was sending it out to the people. Mm-hmm. You took it and it's like, okay, but what happened to Brie probably? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure people are like, well, Brie's not in it. I'm not in it. That's how I fucking got here. Yeah. So you got to find, that's another thing too. If you want to play them shady games, repercussions, that doesn't yeah. always mean that it's going to be beneficial to you. What's for somebody else may not be for you. Mm-hmm. And just because, oh, that person has it. I want it. I think I can do it better. You may not. Right. You may, yeah, you can code a fucking Discord, mm-hmm. but to say that you have the voice of the people, who's the thing? That's some real shit. Yeah. So, anyways, Shay, moving on. Um, when you start to notice a lack of passion or disconnect, is what aspect is most affected? Like your relationship, your work, your hobbies. I think it when I start to lose passion or like if there is a disconnect, I feel like it trickles into just about like everything in my life. Like I um. I start to try and pull from other things like, okay, um, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect in my hobby. So maybe I can pour more into my work. But then like I start to resent that because I don't want to be working more. I want to be working more on my passions. I want to make I want to work more on me. And when I have so much going on, uh, the thing I try to pull most is from me. And then I almost start again, just like resenting everything else. I'm getting the short end of the stick with me. I'm pouring into people. I'm pouring into other things. I'm pouring into work, but none of this is helping me. So that's where the disconnect lies. And I feel like when I, when I don't pour into myself, like my relationship suffers, my friendships suffer. Like I can't make time for you because I'm so focused on trying to, you know, be the best at work or improve and it's mostly with work, honestly. I feel like anytime something's lacking or suffering in outside of work, it's because of work. Yeah. Like I don't have the time to do anything. And I think that goes back to why I was saying with like my business, it became work and I fucking hate working. Like I literally, I do not want to clock into this place. I'm grateful, you know, it helps me keep a roof over my head, but it's stressful and it's taking away from me. And I feel like I'm just spending so much of my time dedicated to a job that would replace me at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's just stressful, but um, I feel like that's where the disconnect lies for me. Uh, what about you? You honestly said it so well, I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then what has been the biggest challenge with showing up for you? Self-accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, I am always see when you look inside for when you look to source right for the answers for whatever you're going to be more in tune with what you're what you need to do. I always look outside. I always need like accountability partners. If this person's not holding me accountable, then I don't have to hold myself accountable. You know, 
I need to search inside of me and be like, where is your fire burning to continue with your weight loss journey? Where is, Uh right? And I'm not talking about the things that I love. I'm talking about in this situation, the things that I don't want to do. Working, for example, where is the fire burning in your gut to keep clocking into that job or not call off Mm -hmm. or to not pop off on somebody? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so when I say the biggest challenge, uh, the, the shit that I love to do comes easy. It's the shit that I don't want to do mm-hmm. that I'm like, I need some help here for sure. So, um, yeah, I would say self-accountability and also imposter syndrome. That will get to me once Ooh. things are going well and I start receiving praise. If no one praises me, I'm like, cool, I'm great. I'm mm-hmm. doing my thing. <laughs> Just like how you said, don't tell me I'm losing weight because the moment I start hearing about it then I'm gonna slack off because it's like oh I got it I could coast for me it's like the moment you give me praise the moment I'm like okay now there's pressure on me can I actually do this you're paying attention to that I don't think I can you know like I get anxiety about it yeah and I need to stop I need to recognize that praise is a great thing and it's nothing to be afraid of I'm terrified of doing the wrong thing yeah for example Ever since I stepped into spirituality two years ago, my dynamic with my family has shifted. It's gone from Brie is Brie to Brie. You have the answers. You have some type of insight. And I'm like, no, no, I don't know anything. Don't look at me, please. You know, and like my friends are like, but Brie, why can't you own up and say, I am happy to help my family heal through this trauma. I have gone to therapy. You have taken these courses. You have an interest in this stuff. You have done the work. You know, like, why can't you share that and be confident? Because I feel like I don't want to be the all-knowing. I don't want to have the answers for everyone because then I feel responsible for you. And then I get in my head about, like, who the fuck are you to even be telling somebody how to live their life? Mm -hmm. There's also that pressure of always having to be that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't want that kind of, you know, but it's a little bit of an imposter syndrome and I am going to toot my own horn because it's like, girl, you got it out the mud, right? Right. You could be somebody else in a year from now, but like, look at the phenomenal you work, work you've done since you started. Somebody else can benefit from that. Yeah. Not that I'm your teacher or your guru or I have the answers, but if you're inquiring and you want details, why can't I share them? Right. So I don't know. Do you have anything else to add you, to that? No, no, you know. <laughs> you know. I No, I think that was wonderfully said. And um, I could agree. It's, and especially when you were saying with that praise at work, it's like, I just, I just, I'm just having a good month, y'all. Like, it's not, it's not going to be like this mm-hmm. all the time. And it may, mm-hmm. it might be. But if I tell myself that, that I'm trying to relieve myself of some sort of pressure to always not necessarily like uh, uh, succeed, but like the expectation that comes with it. Like, oh, you're always going to be this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we can always count on you for this. You always have the answers. You, And it's that always. And I don't, like, I don't always have the answers. I'm just figuring this shit out. And y'all are just watching me figure this out. And maybe month by month, it's going great how I'm trying to figure it out. But like, that's how I've lived my life. And if it's worked for me, I can, I can't tell you the exact steps, but I can tell you like some of them and I hope that it works for you, but it's stressful. It is very, very stressful. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, nothing else to add besides that. 
Mm. Okay, well, to end here, final question. How do you keep the spark within your projects and your relationships? Oh, well, project relationships and hobbies. Not putting so much pressure on it. Yeah, I definitely trusting my judging judgment more, trusting my intuition. Um, keep going despite the naysayers, not always seeking like validation or praise, praising myself. Like you did it, you did a good job. Like you did that. Like I just recently had a um and not to tie it back into work, but like this is the example I have right now. But so I recently had a presentation and for the first time, like this was probably like my fourth presentation for the first time ever presenting. I was like, bitch, you killed that. Like you did mm. that. Like you, you, you really showed out. Like, I'm so proud of you. Nobody could tell me anything. Like usually I'm in my head about it. Like, okay, does that make sense? Does, you know, like, did I, Am I, um, you know, being clear in my communication? And then I was actually talking to uh, someone on my team about it. Like, well, she's actually like a manager to me. Um, and she was like, you know, I never get that from you. I never feel like you come off nervous. And I'm like, bitch, I'll be in my skin shaking. Like, what are you talking about? Hell yeah, I come off nervous. To me, though. But this time around, I was like, no, nah, I got it. And then also with just that last conversation we had last episode about getting back into mindful. I am excited to get back into it. Like, I'm really excited. I'm, I have so many ideas and I cannot wait to present that. And then also being more confident in my relationship and in my friendships. Like, y'all are here because you like me, you know? Y'all want me around because you like me. You love me because you love me, yeah. you know? And I have to be confident in that, like... It, and it's it goes back to that imposter syndrome, like, no, nah, I got all these people fooled. I have my man fooled. I have my friendships fooled. No, you are this amazing person, okay? Mm -hmm. You are this confident person. You can be this confident person. You exude confidence to your people. Mm -hmm. Accept that. Mm -hmm. You may not have all the answers, but bitch, you got, you got some of them, and they're coming right. to you for it. Accept that. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah. What about you? For me, in the wise words of Miss Marie Kondo, does it spark joy? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to add another layer to that. Does it spark joy in the event of a challenge and everything? Mm -hmm. In your creativity, creativity, passions, do you still really want to pursue that? Is it sparking joy when you think about, for me, shadow work deck? Hell yeah. Does it suck when I'm like, I got to sacrifice my weekends? Absolutely. But does it spark joy? Yes. Yeah. When it comes to my relationship. Okay, me and Sadell face a challenge, but do I still love him? Do I still get excited when I think about spending the rest of my life with him? Absolutely. When it comes to my friendships, do they spark joy? Even if they're maybe going through a depression or a stressor in life or grief, do I still feel excited to be in their presence? No. Cut it off. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. does it spark joy? I feel like that's that's right there. That to me is it i'm only going to trust the joy part of um from here on out of anything that has to do with fire passion and desire okay yeah, i love that <laughs> i love that i feel like that okay that 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 should be on a t-shirt that okay <laughs> put that on a t-shirt does it spark joy because it's true if I'm not happy with do with with in, in anything that I'm doing, especially if it's a if it's a hobby or my relationship, 
then it no longer serves me or it served its purpose and it's time to move on. It's time to move on. That's it. So ask yourself that question. I'm going to end it here. The next time you are debating about the spark amongst the challenge, does it still spark joy? Right. And you have your answer. Mm, I love that. Now, um, before we close, I just wanted to leave y'all with something. And this is going back to my passion and relationships people. So I found this article and I thought it would be very helpful. And It's called How to Keep the Passion Within the Relationship. So, one, pursue a new hobby together. It could be wine tasting, um, a sports team that you were both interested in, a book uh, that you both want to read at the same time to discuss. Do something together that enhances your knowledge of a subject and each other. Exercise together. Walk, run, do sit-ups. Be a support partner for each other. And, you know, Sadell is doing that. I wanted to mention that. Though he's he's great at running and he knows, you know, like this is going to be a challenge for you. He's stopping himself so that y'all can make it together. And I love that. Let me let me go back and get my babe. Yeah, we're going to do this together. You know, I love him so much. Yes. So it's not it's not just about like, oh, I'm exercise. You're holding me back. No, we're doing this together. Yes, I love that. I love. Yes. Touch each other 10 times a day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be like, that was one. That was one today. <laughs> I may not say it out loud, but I'm <laughs> pinky. <laughs> like, Let's just hold pinky something. Just making sure that we're touching. Um, I like this one because uh, I may not always touch Jay or Jay might not. Well, he's always touching me. But uh, just recently we had a conversation about this and he makes an effort, a conscious effort to always tell me that he loves me. And I, we had a conversation. He was like, you know, I just noticed that we hadn't said it in like two days. So I just want to say, I love you. And it's something that I have to keep in mind. Like, yeah, my partner knows I love them, but let me say that. It's something, it's one thing to know. It's another thing to express. So definitely getting into a habit of touching and expressing that love. Uh, plan, prepare, and cook a meal together. Now, when we first moved in, I thought that was so cute. Now that I'm in the kitchen for real, for real, I'm like, look, you could prep this for me, but you got to get up out of here. Okay. I'm going to do. <laughs> At this point, you are more of a pain in my ass yes. than a help. Thank this you. Point. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I love you to death. But I don't know if I can do this one. Now, for you newbies out there, this may be great for you. And maybe maybe what y'all should do, maybe like how we plan to prepare, let's find something on Pinterest together and then I'll execute. Like, let's just right. do that. That's how we can plan and prepare. But let me, let me, let me go ahead and do that. I got that one. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, schedule a sex date. Like we were talking about earlier. Uh, sometimes you just got to put it on the schedule. And well, guess what? If you look, if you okay. got the benefit of scheduling a sex date, why not go all out? Why not say once a month, we're going to book a room or a little B. We're going to turn it up. Right. It's not just going to be sex in the Johnson household. We're going to take Johnson. the Johnsons to the penthouse downtown. <laughs> and I'm going to be in my trench coat with no, nothing. <laughs> and only you know that. You know, whatever the case is. But yes, I agree. Planning, planning sex, this is personal. No one has to know that it's on your calendar. You don't have to feel bad about it. If you have to plan sex, you have to plan sex that's where you guys are in your relationship right now or for the time being does not necessarily mean you're always going to be 
that couple. And if you do end up being the couple that likes to plan sex, it works out for you. So what? Who gives a fuck about what society says about how you go about your personal sex life? Right. I just want to take the stigma out of planning sex. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to take you up on that one. Okay. <laughs> um, at the same time with planning sex, like you said, putting a pause on sex. You know, maybe try several weeks or even a month with no sex. And that doesn't mean you can't continue to touch one another. You just can't have sex. And that in itself will make the sex a little bit better when you can have it. It's like, I'm looking forward to this, you know, counting down the days. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like Mm -hmm. that. And then also, lastly, be realistic about the time sex takes to accomplish. We all have busy lives. And for some of us, it could be a, a hot 10 minutes. For others, it could be a little bit longer. But I feel like sometimes when people are like like having quickies and stuff, it's, oh, I already know your body. Like, oh, I know, boom, boom, bam, got you, we good. Other people, it may take a little bit longer, maybe a little bit drawn out. Um, but be realistic about that. If you know that you can just, here, five minutes, I got you, you good, let's go to sleep, we got work in the morning. That works for you. Sometimes it don't work for everybody, but be realistic right. about it. Um, and that, that is it. That's all I have for this article. I really, Ooh. really enjoyed this. I, I felt like I learned a lot, not only for relationships, but definitely for passions. What about you? I feel like, obviously, it's only episode two, but like, this is my favorite episode this season. Ah! Okay. So far. I love, <laughs> I love this. I love this. I feel like it was just so productive and just so upbeat and positive and honest. Um, and just who can't relate to this? Like, yeah. Everyone is going to be like, ah, one point or another, I can relate to this. So I think this is a well, well done topic. And I cannot wait to get back here next week. Yes. Me too, girl. We should have a, I don't what is it called? Like a, an update. Give you an update. Like, let's start putting yeah. some of this into practice this week and see. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. I would be open to it. And, you know, as always. You guys know you can email us at cafe.confessions.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok, preferably Instagram, because our TikTok is collecting dust, but <laughs> do not be shy. And that is cafe.confessions.podcast. And you guys can also call us on the confessional line. And speaking of confessions, we're going to close out today with a little tune from the Confessions album. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Seduction by Usher Raymond. All right, you guys can find the rest of that on Spotify, okay? <laughs> <laughs> or wherever, wherever you get your music. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, Shay. Well, thank you for always having a great conversation with me. Of course, babe. Bye. Bye.